The following interview originally aired on KPOV 88.9 on the Tuesday Point. You can listen to The Point on KPOV each weekday at 9 a.m. on 88.9 FM in Central Oregon and kpov.org. So we are going to be talking with uh, Aaron Switzer. We're very, uh, very delighted to have him with us this morning. Aaron, as you probably know, is the founder and publisher of the... Source Weekly, uh, as Steve said at the beginning, and they've just issued their 25th anniversary uh, edition. So um, thank you, Aaron, for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. It was, it's always a pleasurable commute from uh, <laughs> our offices over here. Yeah, we should, we should count the steps, <laughs> right. right? Like, like the uh, uh, staffers, supposedly, who work in the West Wing, right? Count right. the steps to the president's office. I... I I'm surprised I've never done it. We've done a couple. I'm surprised I haven't called you Aaron Sorkin. I keep <laughs> I keep coming really close to that. I even almost typed it into the script. So let's uh, uh, so 25 years of of the uh, source starting in 1997. I, question: I I would like to start with, if it's okay with you, is what possessed you to come to Bend, Oregon in 1997 and start an alternative weekly? Yeah, well, I had uh, I was working at the Boise Weekly at the time and. Um, I really enjoyed it. It was uh, a great part of that community, and it's kind of where I got my first eyes on, you know, what alternative weeklies could do and what a great group of people was attracted to them. And uh, I had been in Bend uh, prior to going to Boise, where I got, I went to Boise State and got my master's. Uh, And we had our first son, and we were, we wanted to come back to Bend. We really had loved it. And uh, so we moved back, and I partnered with Paul Butler, uh, who was really the funding behind behind it, and uh, together he, you know, he was committed to it, and and we made a go of it. Yeah, yeah, you you definitely made a go of it, <laughs> and so yeah, so twenty five years later, um, I, w- I one of the things I think I've told you this uh, in another interview we did, and I know I wrote it uh, when I was asking you to uh, to come over here. Is um, when I first got here, I came from Austin in 1998, oh, yeah. and had been a, was a big, big fan of the Austin Chronicle, mm-hmm. great weekly. I've, I'm a, I'm a, and I wasn't sure what what to expect in Bend. I came here because my wife wanted to come here with her family. Had moved here, and um, you know, being from Austin, and I went to a deli in Wagner Mall. And uh, found the source. <laughs> and it's not there anymore, right? Yeah. I, mean, I was just—I didn't know what to do. It was my, right. you know, my wife had already already had a job, and she came out here before us. And I, I found it on the periodical. There was the Source Weekly, and I was really excited because I had—it yeah. never occurred to me that there would be an alternative weekly here. And I'm almost positive it was the first anniversary issue oh, because I yeah, remember—I yeah. yeah. remember you saying a couple things in one of them. So I was very excited that one of them, if I remember correctly, is that you said that. You were one of your uh, our commitments you had made was not to necessarily always disagree with the local daily. Yeah. Do you? <laughs> and I'm wondering why was that important to you? Well, we didn't want to be. I, I mean, I I remember being very clear that you know we didn't. Although we were an alternative weekly, and even in our mission statement at the time, we had said we wanted to be a voice. Uh, uh, a platform for minority voices was kind of how we started. And very quickly, we found that um, we really had a majority voice. You know, we were we were talking about things in our editorial and covering things that were of interest to a pretty broad audience. And we pretty quickly found that, you know, we had readers from a wide political and social and demographic range. And I think in that it was... You know, wasn't long before 
I was thinking, you know, I don't, I don't want to always just be, you know, the guy punching up at, at the daily and, uh, you know, being, being crass or funny, just, just to be crass or funny, which, you know, you can fall into in that all weekly world where you're pretty free to do or say what you please. Um, and so that was, you know, it came with a lot of responsibility and, um, but it was also a great growing point for us, and a, and I think one of the ways that we garnered a lot of respect, we we always say, well, we we will slap our own, you know, and uh, <clears throat> you know it keeps us keeps us balanced. Hence, the letters to the editor are always fun to read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, you get you get a little of both. I mean, I can remember a, I can remember where we published an article at the time. I mean, this was pretty far back when I I realized. You know what you could do with a newspaper was we went and published an article about uh, wolves and and it was we published two sides we published a side about preserving wolves and it was at the time when they had first found a wolf had crossed in from idaho to oregon and it was a really big deal and wolves were being reintroduced and it was having a massive impact on ranchers east and larry craig at the time was the senator from from Idaho, I don't know if everybody remembers yeah. the sordid tale of Larry Craig <laughs> yeah. and, and the airport bathroom. We won't go on to oh, that that's right, the polite conversation, <laughs> right. right? But he had we published an article about uh, him in favor of hunting wolves and not having them reintroduced. And boy, did uh, I think I had three pages of letters not not only saying that they disagreed with Larry Craig, but that we shouldn't publish that information. And, and that was kind of where I was like, you know, we had a real, dis- you know, obviously philosophically, I was opposed to that notion that we wouldn't air the sentiments of these other folks, because as it proved in our letter uh, page, it was necessary. It was great. It got people thinking, got people talking. We had a real robust discussion about it. And regardless of where you stand on it, at least we had provided provided a platform where you know people could could think themselves think about it themselves a level of impartiality yeah and and you know i mean we want i've always said like we would love it if oh i don't know if we'd love it but you know (laughs) if people picked up the paper and they they agreed with everything we wrote uh but the reality is is that you know in a the best thing that can happen is you pick us up you read us you read another publication, you listen to KPOV, you listen to something else, and you come up with your own decision, and you make the best decisions you can for yourself and the community. And, um, you know, we don't want to be dictatorial, and I think, you you know, as as you know in media, you can fall into that. You can be like, I, I'm the voice, you know, and he, he, he kind of, I think you want to avoid that if you're, if you're going to be around for a while. Wise words from a mogul media, <laughs> media mogul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, someone who's been around for a while, right? Well, 25 years takes a toll on your, uh, you know, your desire to believe that you're, I don't know, going to have it, the kind of impact you you probably don't. Well, it's and it's it's great that you've kept that perspective, the 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 positive the perspective you just you've just announced because I think it would be easy to say I've been doing this for 25 years. We're a very successful publication. I am the voice. Yeah, you know, as opposed to continuing to approach it the way you're approaching it. Yeah, you know, what's interesting is I, I've been doing a little bit of, um, it's not consulting, but through City Club, we meet with uh, young professionals for the chamber, and they're doing their own version of presentations. And, you know, I'm kind of humbled by, you know, those where, and, and 
And with my staff, I mean, we have a very multi-generational group of people in there. I mean, some pretty young folks. And just when you think, you know, you're going you're gonna to boomer them and, and you know, start. <laughs> you, you get pretty humbled. You know, they start. They've got a different perspective, and each generation does. And, and, you know, that's another way you stay humble. You're sitting in an editorial board meeting, and you're, you know, it's not a place where you can really pontificate. I mean, I suppose some publishers slash editors do, but, um, you know, that's not our style. And, and so in those things, I mean, it's been a real pleasure for me to learn from them. And, and um, I mean, they, they keep you pretty humble. All of us are evolving. <laughs> Whether we like yeah, it or right, not, right, right, yeah. The right. Um, so, do you have? Uh, I, I know that this is a really long list of possible answers, but do you have uh, a favorite uh, story or two from the years that you can talk about and why it's your favorite? What 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 uh, connects you to it? Um. <clears throat> Yeah, I suppose knowing I was going to come in, I was coming in here. I should have pulled up some favorites in my brain. <laughs> I'll tell a weird one. Um, you know, I gave this was early on, and we, I was, I gave a, my first presentation at a Rotary about the paper, and there were lots of very interesting, you know, conversations because at the time we were, you know, we're a free weekly, and and for some people, I don't know, back then maybe st- people still don't understand it but you know we get 100 percent of our revenue almost from advertising and so there were a lot of questions like that and we had just published a piece of art and as we're wont to do i mean people are familiar with the source no we we try to publish of the four issues in a month at least two pieces of local art or some some piece of art that's connected to the community and we published this this piece of art that was a woman representing Mother Earth, and she had a, a hang glider or a paraglider in her fist, and she had crushed it, you know, and it was it was a stunning piece, you know, and <clears throat> I hadn't understood the ramifications that this might have on that niche of uh, people in the community who paraglide, and man, someone popped up during the Rotary presentation and really read me the riot act about, um, you know, how could I do this? How could I, you know, put this up there? And, you know, it, it, it made me realize, you know, several things. One, the, the, the power, because this guy was very upset and about something that I had not given a second thought to, you know, we had, I had loved the piece. Everybody in the office had loved the piece. And, um, but I realized from the way he was speaking and the way that I was completely unprepared that I really needed to do more deep dives on what we were putting out and, and put more energy into, um, you know, thinking about these things before I just willy-nilly, you know, you know, threw things in the paper. And, and so that was kind of a, I mean, it seems like a small thing, but, you know, it sticks out to me. It's something that I, I remember vividly and I, you know. I've I've taken forward, so that's one fun one. Um, I mean, I'll think of one that's a little more lighthearted. Uh, you know, there's one, there's a there's a really fun story, and these are kind of like old times, and it kind of gives a little glimpse into all weeklies. Uh, but I was reminded by one of my former editors that we used to do a drinking issue 
which has since been legally ruled out by many people who (laughs) have communicated with me about it. But we used to go and, you know, we'd, we'd... rendezvous at several bars and we'd take the the writerly crew and we'd sample and do like six or seven bars but it was six and seven bars from a very first person perspective so by the time we we finished with that we were <clears throat> we were we were pretty lit up and uh and then we would write about it and the the goal was to write the pieces after you you know had had gone to each of the bars and and try to keep a running track rather than you know and it was it was a challenge that was some challenging journalism back then (laughs) um you know impactful things are are certainly you know on a more serious side are you know i can think of countless number of endorsement interviews we've done with with candidates through the years and and uh you know that's the that's the part of the position and the and publishing a newspaper that I find uh the most satisfying and the most uh impactful you know it's a it's a job interview from the community we take it very seriously and um <clears throat> you will you will learn how, what a wide uh and diverse uh, amount of political opinions exists in your community when you sit down like that. I mean, we do people from the far right to the far left and everything in between, and they're running for school board. And they're, you know, sometimes you you will see someone come through in an election cycle that you know personally I find uh, a little little unsettling. You know, some views that that certainly we don't share, but they'll be running in a race like. Uh, like school board or park board, where people aren't paying attention, and um, you realize how important it is that folks really do pay attention to the full ticket because those are those are important positions, and um, and people you know may just punch you know they might just punch their you know D or their R or whatever it is and not give it really the deep dive or the time to really understand like who who is this person? Why am I putting them in charge of our children and right. our natural spaces? And, um, you know, they'll focus on, I mean, increasingly, I mean, you guys know this, it's, there's a, such a focus on national politics. It gets so much attention. It gets so much of people's bandwidth, mental bandwidth. And, you know, it's what, it's what you guys are up against. It's what we're up against where you really need people to pay attention to these local races. These are the folks that are going to have such and more of an outsized impact on your children on your quality of life and i mean people get up for city council they might take a side view at at the county commission seats but a lot of those other races are going to pass by so when we sit down and we do do those endorsement interviews i mean that still remains something that i mean i'm not going to go on my list of the craziest folks I've, I've heard. I mean, one guy came in one time from, uh, uh, he had just birthed a, a horse. It just, I just, you know, and, and literally was late and drove in and plopped down. It was like, I'm sorry if I'm a little, you know, discombobulated, but, uh, you know, I, I, I've just been, been out in the pasture and, you know, we did the interview. Yeah, so if I if that's all I knew about that person, I'd be inclined right. to vote for him, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's that's a that's a cool story. So uh, you're listening to KPOV, uh, the point where uh, uh, we're sitting here with Aaron Switzer, uh, founder and publisher of the Source Weekly, on the occasion of their 25th anniversary. You opened uh, an alternative weekly in a small town in 1997. 
and now you're running one in a city, like a full-on city now in yeah. Bend. How, yeah. What's the difference between between those two ends, or um, this isn't an end, but those two spectrums, points on the spectrum? Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, everybody can feel this. I mean, if you've been here, I mean, I've been here 35 years, you, you know, if you've been here since it was a smaller town and and you're now you you know you you used to as people you know love to old school and say i used to know everybody you know you go for sure you used to go to a bar a grocery store movie theater um you saw somebody you knew you know i mean it, it wasn't a big deal but you know you'd wave across the way you'd you'd nod you'd you'd say hi you'd just spark up a conversation um you know that's a real difference and a town that gets to be this size, you know, I mean, I go plenty of places and, you know, you don't know anybody and you're, you're just moving through anonymously through, through a much larger place. And, and that is what it is, but it, it, it's also very similar in journalism. Like I used to, um, train, uh, new staffers and journalists who would come from larger markets on the fact that, you know, when you wrote about somebody, they would come into the office. I mean, mm. you you had a very real and tangible um, impact on people's lives, you know, and, and you still do, but you just don't hear from them. I mean, we don't have as many, you know, I'm not going to go to coffee and run into, I, I may, you know, and that's still part of being in a town of this size, which I, which I really, I, I think is the best thing about being in the town this size and publishing a newspaper is that there is a level of um, responsibility and accountability that comes with publishing uh, you know, here rather than in Portland and in larger markets where the audience gets further and further back from the from the stage, so to speak. And um, but it's definitely changing here. You know, I mean, I, I can't say with confidence to the journalists today, like when you write about this person, you will definitely see them when you go downtown. I mean, that's not. Uh, that is something I used to say, and it was it was pretty much true. I mean, if, when we hit the stands, I would be talking to the person we wrote about, and so you know that's a. I enjoyed that. I I felt um, I felt we were up to the task. You know, I mean, I had some. Obviously, we had a lot of very difficult conversations, uh, and and still do when you're when you're being honest. But uh, that that's the difference. That's one difference, for sure. Yeah, it's not just somebody anonymously writing about somebody else. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, thinking that oh, I'm just going to put this out in the ether, and then I'm going to move to the next issue, and the next issue, and uh, no, you, you're going to hear about it. Yeah, sure. yeah, that makes sense. Oh, are are there differences in the kinds of things you're covering? And what are oh, they? I mean, I, I don't know how much of that is is the times versus the. Um, you know that there's always pressing issues and and I don't you know I mean the housing crisis has been with us so long it's hard for me to even remember is that a big town issue or is that a planning issue you know we can debate endlessly how we got here but you know 
that's a constant issue, and, it, and it, it's getting worse. It's not. It's not like oh, well, as we get bigger, we seem to be getting better. We seem to be putting more inventory in the market. I mean, the inventory that goes in seems to get sucked up as quickly as as it yeah. does. I mean, it's the time. So more uh, issues based on race, more stuff on gender. Um, those are certainly things that people want to talk about, and and we're happy to provide the for- platform for it. And that's the times, but I can't say again. Is that is that size issues? I mean, we talk about city city budgets, but city budgets are always a problem. Boy, yeah. boy, and are we glad you're here? <laughs> yeah, boy, yeah. we're glad you're yeah. here. No, that yeah, that's really true. Yeah, you're right about the housing issue. Um, I remember when I, you know, in '98, back then there was still the thought of you know we have this these giant big mansions in some places and places where people can't afford to live in the. The old mining shacks, which are now not right, so old, right. not such old right. mining shacks anymore. But um, so, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's 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 still here. I mean, it seems <clears throat> kind of quaint now to think 20 years ago when I was going, oh my gosh, that house is X amount. How can it be that amount? And now you're, you know, <laughs> 20 years later, and you're like, wow, that would have been great for that house. I remember when that house was X. <laughs> yeah, or, or, or yeah, I had a friend who bought that house with his X, and they <laughs> right. retired on the on the profit. Right. Yeah, I, no, I remember telling my mom uh, way back we were looking for houses, and I said, you know, the houses here, some of the houses here are more than a hundred dollars a square foot, and that was outrageous. She was like, "What?" Of course, right. she's from Houston, but uh, yeah. So that's a you're right, a little quaint. Yes, things have changed, yeah, and will continue to change, and I think that you know. The health of a weekly newspaper is a good indication of healthy change. At least you try to let everybody know what's going on. Yeah. And, I mean, I think that there's, you know, certainly probably the the biggest thing is, you know, the changing uh, formats, the changing platforms, the way we deliver the news. The, You know, we started, you know, we consider ourselves a media company. I think everybody says that now. Um, but, you know... Print is still strong. It's still something that people want to pick up. I think that there's a lot of, um, you know, they say retention, you know, information retention is is better in print than it is on a screen, and uh, and we're hanging our shingle on that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so to speak. Sometimes right? talking's overrated. <laughs> the, the print shingle. So um, so so a lot of truth to that. Uh, and one thing I'm noticing is that. Uh, talking to a lot of younger people, right? Uh, millennials or younger tend to. There seems to be a trend away from digital, not completely, of course, but towards more print, towards more handwriting. I've even noticed that in myself. Yeah. I'm, I've been going back to writing longhand on a legal pad, uh, like I did in the old days. Uh, but I, and I've talked to, to quite a few, like said, younger people who are who are feeling that way too and looking for more. I think I don't know whether it feels more authentic or. Or maybe it is the retention piece. Are you noticing that in your in your travels around? Mm, I'd like to say it. I, I'm <laughs> noticing that. I, I I think people are just headlong ripping towards digital. You yeah. know, I mean, I, I said this in my editorial this in the 25th anniversary edition. You know, I I for a while there, I think it it finally really slapped me in the face during the pandemic was, you know, I kept, I had in the back of my mind, it's almost laughable now when I, when I tell this, but that, that somebody or something was going to come along and fix social media, you know, that, that you were going, that it couldn't possibly keep going. And I, and I, I kept having this expectation that, 
Oh, well, you know, next year, someone's going to get around to straightening this this media source out. And then, you know, it, I, I mean, it's kind of the dumbest epiphany in the world, right? All of a sudden, I was like, oh, no, this is not going to get fixed. This is going to be here probably longer than, than myself. And I just got to wake up to the fact that this is, you know, this is a state of affairs. And, and that state of affairs is just unfiltered, you know, mega companies that they're bigger than the federal government in my opinion and and no one seems to want to put any kind of restrictions on them you know radio tv print we are all legally bound to the truth you know if if you stray from the truth if you publish recklessly um you will get sued and we it's why i you know it gave me pause to think about again in the 25th anniversary editorial about the value that editors bring to media where they can look at something and determine whether it is valid for publication and whether it's truthful and whether it's going to harm anybody and even if it is truthful are do you have a responsibility to weigh the benefit versus the the negative impact which has been the struggle as i've said for 25 years with with publishing a newspaper that's not the case for social media and it continues to hide behind this notion that it's a telecommunications um they're telecommunication companies even though they're selling advertising i don't remember when you talked on the phone that your phone conversation got interrupted to be brought to you by coca-cola so it's you know it's There, there needs to be some kind of reckoning, I think, if you're going to get it back. Because if they are put under those same restrictions, they cannot compete. They will ha- Their quality will have to go up. They will have to become accountable. And that costs money. That's the biggest reason is they don't employ editors. They don't employ even people to filter content. They don't even have people who speak the language, in some cases, in the countries where they're publishing. So uh, it just feels unfair. Hmm. There's or, there's my tirade for this. No, that's great. Oh, right. I, 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 I agree fully. Yeah, you're, you're, you're no, but, and, and you're sitting here with people who strongly right. agree with that, uh, and, and that's really true. I mean, none of those uh, none of those laws, the libel laws, and and in our case as a nonprofit, we've got some yeah, some, you've some got additional regulations, sure. uh, right. and with through the FCC as well on radio. So right. yeah, right. Where where is that kind of oversight for this other platform? I mean, I I look at. Uh, I mean, Nextdoor has become a a huge addition to the landscape, and that is so Wild West and so unfettered and so full of misinformation. And people get on there and they think it's the truth, and, you know, that's on them. But, you know, we as a nation ought to be able to figure out that that is not, that that these platforms are not in our best interest, that they are having a negative impact on politics on our social fabric on commerce uh it they benefit facebook they benefit google but does it benefit bend oregon Uh, i mean people should be asking those questions and i mean i'm not so old that i can't remember the the joy and the glee of the launch of these platforms and the web and how much excitement there was and the thought about what it can do and you know they are like any media outlet they have positives but they also have negatives that remain unfettered 
Yeah, and and with the popularity and with the ease of access and uh, right. that those those things only magnify. So, what, uh, Aaron? Do you think the that uh, I guess you know outlets like ours, like the Source, like KPOV, other other I would say sort of mainstream ish. I mean, if you allow me to use that mainstream, yeah. mainstream yeah. versus social sure. media, right? right? I mean, what what can what can we all do to 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 impact that or change that? Well, I think, you know, we've moved into that space, um, of course. I mean, we're on social media. I can't, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not, I hope no one thinks I'm a hypocrite in saying that we don't, you know, we don't also use the platform, but we use it responsibly and we definitely promote in a, in a way. And I, I think that, you know, the you've got to be broad-based. I mean, that's the thing I realize, you know, as we as we you know work intergenerationally and you see you know how people i mean it's the same thing as education people learn from different formats and and different ways of learning it's the same way with media and we try to to be on on these platforms and it's kind of working you create a um you know an an environment for your readers and those readers are you know they're all over the place, and you know they're. We even just launched a TikTok channel, which we put a few things up, and that definitely is outside my my world. But um, you know those are those are those are people in the community, and and so you, you want to reach reach them with trustworthy, valuable content. And and man, if that isn't if that isn't coin of the realm, then we're in trouble, <laughs> right? I mean, right. I gotta bet on that. If I if I'm not betting on that, then yeah, I I would be pretty depressed yeah so those 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 social media as a way of getting uh getting the real the really good solid content that we all produce out i just will tell you really quickly we got our tiktok going uh, we had a 12 year old volunteer <laughs> and he <laughs> came so in great right with a gopro camera and got our tiktok right. up and running so. yeah yeah um all right so uh, we've actually gone over time, which is fine. Um, I, I, uh, I set it up so we can do that. So, um, because how often do we get a chance to to interview uh, someone like you on the 20th anniversary of your publication? We're really it. super, super yeah. excited. So, um, anything else you'd like to you'd like to share? Well, I guess one thing I, actually I, I would like to ask you b- before we get into that is, do you have uh, like a, a vision or or uh, plans for where you'd like to see the source in the next? you pick the horizon next however many number of years or days or months or decades you know i'm i i really love what we do i love what i do i love what i love what the paper does and i would i mean we really do think we'll be doing the same thing you know we'll be reporting honestly and and vigorously on on local issues and i don't I, I'm buoyed by the fact that I have not seen a way for, you know, large conglomerates to do what we do better than we do it. You know, they can spam it. They can throw stuff at it. You know, they can give you a, cal- a calendar, but they, they're not grounded in the community. They don't know who to talk to. They don't. And so I think with as fast as media, I mean, one thing after 25 years of change in this industry you know, I've learned not to look too far ahead. You you just don't know what's coming down the mm. pipe. You know, five years from now, you know, if Elon Musk has his way, I could be on Neuralink. I could be publishing, you know, brain to brain. Who knows? <laughs> you know, but, True, yeah. but uh, you know, I, I, I do think that, you know, honest, 
you know, trustworthy content, the kind of content that you guys put out and the care and, and um, you know, that you have for the community comes through and that always is going to have value. And I, and I, I just believe that and I think we'll be in the same place. We'll hope that critical thinking becomes popular. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 And I, I do think comparative, I mean, that's the thing, comparative, um, comparative content, looking at different media outlets and making your own decision rather than turning on the TV and, and being spoon fed and, and thinking you just heard the word of God and, and going out and, and, and preaching it. And it's like, you know, there's there's shades of gray that a lot of media outlets don't go into, and and hopefully you find those shades of gray by finding your way, finding your own yeah. way through the media. You've helped us all along. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, I feel like we'll have to have you back because the whole aspect of of the, one of the really, in my view, really valuable things y'all do at the source is uh you know promoting the giving a voice giving information about local music and yeah. restaurants and movies and art and and that whole piece that that is very valuable and is a little bit different than what we've been talking we've been mostly yeah. talking about some more i would say straight up journalism aspect um sure so anyway, that, that maybe we'll have you come back. Well, yeah. you know, I mean, well, I'm all, you know, I'm not far. I'm not far. Yeah, I was going to say all, <laughs> all, all 112 steps or whatever. Probably not even right. that many. Uh, so, is there anything else you'd like to add before we before we uh, close? Yeah, well, I, today? I would like everybody to know that we're we're going to have a 25th anniversary celebration uh, at the Deschutes Historical Society behind the source and next door to KPOV uh, on August 10th. Uh, we'll have music. Uh, we'll be giving away pint glasses to the first 500 people that come. We'll be celebrating our publication of our uh, 25th Best of Edition. And, uh, yeah, whooping it up. Th- celebrating being here. All right. And that's a, that's a public thing? Open yeah. To open to the oh, public. Great. Totally free. Okay, great. So August, uh, no, August 10th. August 10th. August 10th. Wednesday. This, this shoots right, yeah, it's right across the street from us um, and behind the source. So, all right, thank you so much, Aaron Swister, uh, editor and founder, or publisher and founder of The Source Weekly. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, really, thanks for having me. You bet. I was going to say, I wish you could find a replacement or talk Bruce Miller into coming back. That would be great, <laughs> right? I mean, again, there's one of the ways social media is good. You can still catch him there and and he's as uh vociferous as ever yeah (laughs) yeah that's true he did have a, a great column thanks for listening to this kpov podcast kpov is community radio for the high desert of central oregon for more information and our program schedule go to kpov.org we value your feedback drop us a note at podcast at kpov.org